Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, happy Wednesday. Happy hump day to you and yours. We're two days away uh, from the weekend. And boy, uh, do I have a spectacular show planned for us today. Uh, Dave Shannon and Royce White will be here. Uh, of course, it's Wednesday. That means Anthony and Bobby and Tennessee Harmony uh, will be here. <clears throat> but uh, I got another fire I want to start. Uh, relating to uh, the abortion debate and the abortion issue uh, that has, you know, the conversations that's been going on across the country. Uh, and I'm going to tie it and package it in a different way and create a unique conversation uh, for us today. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get rolling. Uh, my only problem with Will Smith as he chose the wrong target to express his frustration over years of public emasculation. His wife, Jada Pinkett, is the source of his pain. She emasculated him, not Chris Rock or any other comedian. But Will Smith deserves credit for recognizing his emasculation and mustering the courage to try to do something about it. Have the rest of us? And by us, I mean black men. The Democratic Party has stripped us of our manhood, dignity, and spirituality. Our allegiance to democratic politics has made us advocates for the, for, for the abortion of our seeds, proponents of same-sex marriage, and worshipers of the matriarchy, and disavowers of faith-based tactics that led to our American freedom. If we had an ounce of Will Smith's self-awareness, we would slap the entire Democratic Party, including Barack Obama, and we'd tell Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and Maxine Waters to keep our names out of their mouths. I say this in reaction to the abortion debate raging across our country. The leak of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's rough draft of a decision to overturn Roe v. Wade lays bare the emasculation and secularization of black men. We're willing lambs sacrificed in honor of agendas that do not serve us. No matter what Joy Reid and her parade of idiots say on MSNBC, abortion does not serve the cause of black men or black people. Abortion is not a racial justice issue. It's a racial injustice issue, but let, let's take a listen to how it's being framed by Joy Behar, Joy Reid, and the other parade of idiots. Not that I'm surprised. Right. You and I were talking before. Yeah. We're not surprised. We saw this coming. My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage, and and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board, the what is it, Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. They already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I see some. I see fascism down the line here. I don't know. Well, first of all, I'm really angry, uh, and, I, and I'm trying to contain myself. Quite frankly, uh, I'm angry and I'm heartbroken. I'm, I'm heartbroken because uh, so many do not know life without Roe, first of all. Secondly, um, it's gonna be low-income women, black and brown women who are going to be impacted the most. Women with money will be able to travel to states uh, and afford to uh, have an abortion. So this is an issue of racial justice. 
No, it's it's not an issue of racial justice. It's race being used to argue for an agenda for somebody else. If, if you're too stupid to see that, let me help point you in the right direction. Here's a clip of Marcos Mulitas. I think he runs the Daily Cause, far left-wing website. Here's his podcast where he and some young lady, I believe, and I'm sorry if I've misgendered uh, the person, I think that Kelly or Chris, I, I can't remember, but anyway, here's Marcos from Daily Cause talking about, in my view, what's really going on. They're gonna go after every everyone who's not male and white and Christian. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and oh, Carrie, so this is important because I people are gonna be like, oh, you're exaggerating, or you're 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 it's hyperbole, or you, you know, because we've seen that perpetually over the last few years. People just started dismissing Republicans aren't that bad. They're not comparing them to Hans Maiden Tales going too far. Um, here is the exact words he used to describe uh, both the right to abortion and a right, uh, you know, the, and like you said, Lawrence, which legalized sodomy and Obergefell, which legalized same-sex marriage. He said that those are phony rights because, quote, they are not deeply rooted in history. That is his standard, deeply rooted in history. So we don't have to exaggerate to understand what he's saying, that when the when in 1776, when when you know Declaration of Independence, there were slaves. Slavery was deeply rooted in history. When he talks about abortion and why there, it's not deeply rooted in history, he talks about how it used to be illegal until 1973 and in and based in the common law, and and so therefore it's not deeply rooted in history. But interracial marriage was not deeply rooted in history. Women voting was not deeply rooted in history. Young people voting, not deeply rooted in history. Anybody that didn't have property voting, not deeply rooted in history. Uh, things that were deeply rooted in history, slavery, subjugation right. of women. I mean, so this right. is a his standard that he's using in this decision is one that would take us back to the dark ages. Right. And that's not exaggerating. No, it is his words. Do you see the game that's being played on us? They've taken the abortion issue and have tried to frame it. Oh my God. If we can't continue to kill babies in the womb, how can we protect black people from slavery and Jim Crow? I mean, don't they see that they're gonna stop abortion and then the next thing you know, they're gonna question whether same-sex marriage is proper. Black people, can't you see it? And once they illegalize same-sex marriage, they're coming for you. Can't you see it? In the 50 years of Roe, estimates are that 30 million black babies have been aborted. There are approximately 42 million black people in America. Our percentage of the American population has been stagnant for 50 years because we've murdered 30 million black babies inside the womb. This is not an accident. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, supported eugenics. Eugenics, 
the Nazi plan to create a super race of white people through selective reproduction. Selective reproduction requires selective destruction. The people arguing that abortion is racial justice for black people have selected black people for destruction. I, I, I wanna stop here and bring up a, a quote from Thomas Sowell. I, I saw this this morning. Cause you don't have to take my word for it. There are smarter people, more accomplished people than me that have made this point. Thomas Sowell is one of the greatest historians in the history of America. This is what he tweeted out over this whole abortion thing and the way it's being framed. Planned Parenthood was founded not simply as an organization for limiting the size of families in general, but more particularly to reduce the reproduction of the black population in the United States, as Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger herself noted. That's Thomas Sowell. No one can, can, can question his credentials. I'm not making this up, pulling it out of my rear end. We have been selected for selective destruction so that they can execute their plan of selective reproduction. This abortion issue does not serve us. The people's howling at you on TV. They're not looking out for our best interest. Joy Reid, AKA Rachel Maddow, host MSNBC's version of Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk. Reid and her guests emasculate black men daily. They're pawns for the LGBTQIA movement. They allow the alphabet mafia to connect gay rights to the rights of black people. They tell black people that our American freedom is dependent on a woman's right to abort her baby, gay people's right to marry, and transgender people's right to reclassify to the gender of their choice. When courageous, God-fearing black men led the civil rights movement in the 1960s, did they attach the freedom and full citizenship of black people to abortion rights, gay marriage, or gender dysphoria? I don't remember any of that being part of Martin Luther King's dream. It appears to be the dream of the Democratic Party. Democrats removed God from King's dream and married black people to Planned Parenthood, same-sex marriage, and Caitlyn Jenner. Barack Obama, the president Newsweek hailed as the first gay president, officiated the wedding ceremony. Jesse Jackson walked black people down the aisle and gave away the bride. Al Sharpton was the best man. Michelle Obama was maid of honor. Don Lemon was the ring bearer. And after deleting her homophobic blog history, Joy Reid served as the flower girl. We're the bed wench of the Democratic Party, Alphabet Mafia, and the matriarchy until death do us part. Would we be better off married to the Republican Party? No. We would be best served by remarrying God and opening our political dating pool to include Republicans. 
our current abusive spouse has convinced us that Republicans want to return us to slavery and or Jim Crow. It's an incredibly odd accusation given the fact Republicans, especially evangelical Republicans, ended slavery and Jim Crow. Think it through. The party that fought Democrats to abolish slavery in the 1800s led the fight against Democrats for civil rights in the 1950s and 60s and is currently trying to slow abortion, which disproportionately kills black babies. Yeah, that's the party we've been led to believe is controlled by anti-black racism. Make it make, it make sense. D does it make sense to you? Or does it sound like the kind of nonsense a pimp would spew to keep his bottom chick loyal? Bottom chick is, I'm using chick instead of the, the B word that's connected to that. I apologize for the profane reference, but it's the only analogy that properly fits. We're being pimped by Democrats. We're bottom Bs. The most loyal demographic in the history of American politics we're more loyal to Democrats than gay people. A prostitute who hands her money, affection, and loyalty to a pimp hates herself more than anyone else. She'll lay down with anything and anyone in service to her pimp. That's our relationship with Democrats. Kill our babies? No problem. Make gay the new black? Fine. Tie our freedom to the rights of drag queens? Sure, whatever you need, daddy. In our right minds, we'd slap Barack Obama and everyone else who talked us in to this toxic relationship. That's my fire for today. Th this, this whole abortion thing should be making all agendas crystal clear. I'm watching people go on TV and say some of the most ridiculous, idiotic stuff in the world, and we're going for it. Oh yeah, if, if they stop killing black babies, what's next? They're gonna enslave us. The very party that fought to end slavery is going to re-enslave us because of their attempt to stop the abortion mills and the abortion industry that disproportionately kills black babies. We've said, oh my God, the, the Republicans, they're so afraid of a demographic shift. That's why they fight illegal immigration is because they don't want a demographic shift. If you think these people are that stupid and don't know who's getting slaughtered in these abortion mills on a daily basis, you think they haven't done the math on that? If they were that afraid of a demographic shift, they would be trying to build more Planned Parenthoods and say, go right ahead, kill your babies. Half of the abortion clinics are completely dependent on black mothers and black people. But they're afraid of a demographic shift. 
Nearly half of the abortions over the last 50 years have been black babies. And the racist people are trying to stop abortion. You have to be retarded to believe that. And I know retarded is supposed to be a bad word now, but you would have to be retarded to believe that. Dave Shannon, uh, welcome back to the program. Mm. Uh, I, am, am I, and Dave, I, I know, uh, you're married, seven kids, uh, you're, you're, you're a bit further along in your spiritual journey than me. I don't have your disc. Am, am I wrong for analogizing the relationship between black voters, black people in the Democratic Party to prostitution and saying that we're being pimped? Is, is that too, frame, too profane of an analogy? Because I'm just literally trying to put the truth in people's face so that they just can't deny. We are being pimped. We're prostitutes for the Democratic Party. My only problem is that your language probably hasn't been strong enough with their bitches. We, we, have, we have to wake us up, Jason. We have to wake us up. This is the, the most valuable commodity on planet Earth is human life. And black people are destroying it at a rate three to four times more than white people because they have convinced us that our human seed is not valuable. What is going on? And then they're arguing about this whole, like you said, this, everybody should be flipping out about this. How do you get a group of people to kill their own seed? I don't know how that happens. The, the abuse. So I, let me say it like this, the way that you're talking about the pimp situation is perfect. We are an abusive situation to the point that when you look at abused people, what, what the abuser wants to do more than anything else is to make sure that the abused does not know what normality looks like, does not know what a, a, the rest of the world operates and what reality is. And so what they do is they protect them away from that. This is why you see the control from Joe Biden and the left and the liberals on language and what really what black really is. Joe Biden, you ain't black unless you vote for me. This is what black really is. They seek to control the identity of what black is to try and remove the normality of what black really is away from their abused victims, right? And so part of our job and part of what you're doing is shaking people up to say, this is not normal. It's not normal that you would kill your children. It's not normal that you would be so submissive to the people who would say, hey, we'll protect you. Give us your kids. We'll chop them up into little pieces and sell them, sell the little body parts. That's not normal. So no, I don't think that it's odd that you're doing that at all. Jason, what's normal for black people is that even, even when you look through history and you see black people who loved God, married each other and educated their children, regardless of what the situation was in society and culture, we always thrived. Even at the worst points in American history, because we had a couple of things organized properly. The way you build something determines on whether or not it stands, right? And then it also determines on whether or not how long it stands. When they were able to remove from the black family, 
and able to remove men away from protecting their families, they were able to do something to black culture that has not been done through even slavery itself. Within one generation, they were able to completely obliterate and destroy black culture when they were able to remove that structure and that order from us. So, no, you're not you're not being to me. You could even be harder if you want to, because this is important. Well, I'm going to be and and I'm going to. perhaps reveal things about myself that, you know, I'm embarrassed of or, or certainly feel uncomfortable. But again, I, I've lived out in the world, man. And, and that's why I say, you know, seven kids, a long marriage, but we, we've lived two different lives and, and arrived at a similar location, having taken far different routes. And so right. what I, you know, I've lived out in the world, man, and I have friends. And so when, when I, I'm just going to be real. I, I'm going to quit dancing around. I have friends, had friends that were involved in this profession, pimping and hoeing. Yep. And that's why I can recognize. And so one of the things I, I was, I was friends for a long time with uh, a guy that was at the top of that profession out in Las Vegas. Uh, And one of the main things you do is you convince your hoe she can't make it without you. That's right. Things are so bad on the other side. If you leave me, baby, if you go over there and mess with them Republicans, Lord Hammer, oh my God, what's gonna happen to you? You can't function, you can't take care of yourself without me. And that's what I see among so many black people holding on to the legs of, of their intellectual enslaver, their intellectual pimp, the Democratic Party, and they can't imagine a world where they would be able to feed themselves, find any employment, have any dignity in this world without being attached to their pimp, the Democratic Party. And, and that, that's what, as men, allowing ourselves to be pimped and allowing basically the woman, Jada Pinkett Smith, Joy Reid, she's the main one over there saying, we got a good pimp. Danny, what you yep. complaining about? You know how good this pimp is? This pimp's gonna make Stacey Abrams uh, governor of Georgia, or maybe one day president. Look what this pimp did for Kamala Harris. Oh my God, she was on Willie Brown's casting couch, and now she's vice president. We got a great pimp over here, and th- and so the fact that this pimp, look at what all he provides for us, and who cares if. He's detached us from God. If he's made us think that killing our babies is the greatest thing we can do for black people is prevent more black children from being born. This is the greatest pimp in the world. And we can't. And, and the, the other political party are standing on your own two feet isn't even an option for us. That's how little we think of ourselves. And that's how denigrated we've been for being a slave to this pimp. Jason, when um, when you think about why they are after history, this starts to make a lot of sense because it all depends. The way you control somebody is the stories that you tell them. 
when you go after and you groom people, what is Disney doing? Well, they're grooming through stories, right? They're telling a certain type of story to groom the kids in a certain type of way so that they can have control over them. And that isn't any different than the pimp game itself either, right? You ain't never been nothing. Your mama wasn't nothing. Your daddy wasn't nothing. Your family ain't nothing. So I'm going to be the one that gives you this and so you can have what you need. It's the pimp game. So they groom them into that from beginning by telling them a certain story. And so the Democrats and the left have been trying to communicate to us and tell us a certain story to sever us from the people who we're actually connected to so they could continue to pimp us. And what I mean by that is that when you look back They want to tell us we've always been like we currently are. We've always been slaves. We've always been oppressed. We have never, ever had anything for ourselves. Everything that we had has had to come from them. And that's just a damn lie. When we had the right order of things, creator, worshiping the created, the created worshiping the creator and the right order of things in marriage, husbands, wives, children, The things that we were able to create and do in society, oppression never had a chance against us. But they don't ever tell that type of story because that type of story says we don't need a pimp. (laughs) That type of story says we don't need a political party left or right to help us do what we need to do. Our own form of faithfulness to our wives and to our families and to God produces a certain type of fruit that allows us to be free people. But you tell people that and you lose your leverage over them. And this is why the battle for history is so important. That clip that you played earlier, that guy who was complaining about history, he I'm so sick of these guys, these liberals trying to tell our story where it's rooted and only anchored in slavery. That's my biggest problem with the 1619 Project. Our history didn't start with slavery. It, w- it didn't start with slavery, but they want to tell that story that it starts there so that they can have control over us to say this is all we will ever And the only other way that we get out of this is that we have to enslave other people. That's the only two options that we have. And so – go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. Dave, I- I've been making this argument forever that they've convinced us that our history is everything that happened to us, it's never about what we did. And so whatever tragedy happened to us, that's that's black history. And that's why you'll see black people go, man, y'all didn't tell me about the Tulsa massacre and what happened to Black Wall Street. And I'm like, that's what you want them to teach you in history. They're going to teach their kids about what they conquered, what they did, what they built. We built airplanes, we built skyscrapers. They're gonna tell their kids all the great things that they can accomplish and have accomplished. Meanwhile, we wanna be taught everything bad that happened. Oh my God, y'all didn't tell me uh, someone spray painted the N-word on LeBron James's mansion? Uh, you know, like that has some value. And again, it's your, your whole life is built around your pimp. You remember when daddy had to beat you because you didn't bring him the votes he needed? Mm. That, that, that's our history. It, it's not about, again, every, our whole world orbits around what happened to us in dealing with them in a negative way. And it's never about like, man, we accomplished incredible things. Frederick Douglass went from slave to a man that met with U.S. presidents and counseled U.S. Uh, presidents. 
Martin Luther King raised up a whole generation of black men that stood for, for dignity and, and created freedoms for all of us. He, he followed, and I know the man was flawed in his personal life. I get it. Everybody, you, me, and everybody else is flawed. And, and, and it doesn't denigrate what that man and that generation accomplished because they stood up as men. And I look at this generation of men and we're cowards. We're afraid to leave our pimp. We don't let, I'm just sorry, I gotta be real, we don't let black women talk us into being afraid of standing on our own two feet because there's a little special, because yeah, the pimp ain't scared. He knows exactly what to do with a black woman and he knows he can handle and control her. He could not control Martin Luther King and that generation. And that's why mm. he's eliminated and put skirts and dresses and, and femininity into Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and everybody that's, that's come after them and they're all beholden to the women uh, that send them little uh, tokens into the church or whatever. It, it's, I, I'm so offended, Dave, I, I, I wanna go here, that abortion, the LGBTQ, and the matriarchy, those mm. are the three issues that we're married to and running around thinking our survival is attached to. Abortion, LGBTQ, and the matriarchy, the glorification and the, the, the putting women at the head of the family. I, 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 it's hard for me to respect this generation of black men that are sitting by tolerating this. <laughs> It's going to take I was when I read your article today, the first thing I thought about, Jason, was I don't know where else I'm going to go and find this level of observation, pushback and engagement around. I, I just don't know where it is. It, it's not we're not seeing it in churches where it should be coming from pastors. We're not seeing it in the culture at large. You know, we're not even seeing it in a lot of ways in the Republican Party. All right, there's no men with backbone that are holding this up. And we have to see that if we're going to be able to get past this. When we we take for granted so much of the uh, abortion argument, one of the things that they did in there, Jason, was they separated the protector from the women and from the children, which is why we are getting so many emasculated men. So <clears throat> what happened was when you are able to tell a woman that she is the only person responsible to make the decision to kill the human life in her, you are saying that the man who made the child is not responsible in any way to that child or to that woman. Well, now you made him not a man anymore. He doesn't have any responsibility to be a protector. You completely emasculated him, which is why abortion is such an important issue, particularly for the black people, because if you get men back engaged to taking care of women and their progeny and marrying these women and becoming fathers to these children, you've now removed the government from being the man and you remove the LGBTQ community that wants to come in and be the educators and you remove this egalitarian structure and setup because now we have man, woman, child. Abortion isn't just about abortion, Jason. It's about fruitfulness and success. You cut off the future when you start killing your kids. I, I, I can't get past this. You said 30 million. That number does not strike us as hard as it should. 
We are 45 million black people right, in, right now in America. We should be at 100 and 120 million. Think about the voting impact that that has. Who's afraid of that? Well, obviously, the Democrats, Margaret Singer, were completely afraid of us being that type of powerful. So you, years of potential life loss is the best way for us to grasp the, the impact of the missing 30 million. Let's just deal with one person for a second. You take one person who lives to be 50 years old, and that person pays taxes. They probably have a family. Think about what kind of creations they could make that would help the world. Elon Musk bought Twitter. He's making cars. He's making uh, rockets to go out into space. He's, he's being innovative. That's one person who's doing that. And that person dies at 50 years. Well, that person has at least blessed the world with who knows how many wonderful things. They could be ending cancer. They blessed the world with so much over that 50 year span of time. You cut that life and you take away that 50 years and all those blessings and you're you, you're losing 50 years of potential life to bless the world. That's one life, Jason. What happens when you take 100,000 of those lives of years of potential life lost and you start calculating that up? Well, 50 times 100,000. Now, keep going to millions. Jason, we have no idea how much years of potential life lost in the black culture who is as a minority has had a massive impact on American society and has been a blessing to it. And what we've done is cut it off at the at the knees and said, no, no more blessing, no more fatherhood, no more. Who knows the impact beyond music and education that black people would have had at 120 million people in America? Dave, and the issue, and I'm going to let you go here, but the, the issue is that the left and, and their little black puppets and overseers don't see that 30 million slaughtered babies as potential uh, productive citizens. They see that this whole argument is framed it's like, well, these black people can't even take care of the babies they got now. Uh, they should, they're better off aborting them. That's their mentality. It's a racist mentality. Right. And so they are preaching abortion rather than family. And so, again, if you really loved black people or just people in general, you would be saying family. You can have all the kids you want inside right. of a family. That's right. Dave's got seven. Delano, I think, has got four within a family. That's the way you raise a flock. That's right. And man and woman marry, take care of their kids, and have all the kids you want inside of a family. And we should be out promoting family structure, the one God designed, as hard as they're promoting abortion. I'm looking at Elizabeth Warren and these people go through convulsions. They, oh, we can't kill babies. I'm mad as hell. I'm like, we're going to do it. And I'm like, I wish she had that kind of passion for family. That's right. And was out, oh my God, we got to get these black people in families. We just got to get them in families, family, family. If we had that kind of passion, we would start seeing fruit produced that would enhance this country rather than degrade this country. And so 
I, I, I wish that we had, I wish Planned Parenthood was called Planned Familyhood. Mm. And it was little silos we set up all over the country teaching people about the power of family. I just looked at one of my best friends from high school, my best friend from high school, Willie Clark, just sent me the video of his youngest daughter. Just graduated from Northern Kentucky University in pre-med 3.9. I listened to these professors rattle off all of her accomplishments. And, and I know where Willie started. I used to be at his house with his parents and his little family in the hood, little small house, him and his mom and the daddy together in the hood. And I'm like, look what Willie's done created a monster here. I'm, in, in a good way, his daughter, his son, yep. Yep. his kids, what him and his wife have done, it's incredible. And then I look at myself and look at what my parents, my parents were divorced, but they were both committed to me and my brother. And, and I look at where I've come from and all these leftists I see on TV would have been, man, they, they should have aborted that little chubby kid. He has no shot. He's born into the ghetto. Daddy didn't graduate high school. Mama's a factory worker. That little fat kid, he ain't gonna be shit. And neither is his brother. <laughs> I gotta go, Dave. Salute. I gotta, I gotta go. Thank you. Uh, let me tell you guys about uh, Good Ranchers. Uh, you know what you need this summer. No, not new, <laughs> not a new swimsuit, although I might. You need burgers. And I don't just mean any burgers, I'm talking about American Wagyu burgers made from some of the best beef you've ever tasted in your life. Good Ranchers American Wagyu is raised right here in the United States and produces the rich buttery texture that people who know their steaks crave. These burgers are individually wrapped so you can easily pull them out and cook them on the grill or in the skillet and you can use them for other meals too. With meat prices soaring, I love that when you subscribe, you lock in your price and get $25 off every box for the life of your subscription. As long as you are subscribed, your price will not change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation? What are you waiting for? Go get both by using your, my code FEARLESS or by visiting GoodRanchers.com FEARLESS. If you, don't buy the meat in your, if you don't buy the meat in your house, then tell the person who does to grab your two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers today before they're gone. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. The meat's great. It's awesome. You're gonna be eating anyway. We all love meat. It is the summer. You're gonna be out on that grill. Extra reason to get, everything you just heard for the past 40 minutes, it's not possible without Good Ranchers. You wanna hear the truth. If you want pushback against the satanic agenda that is tearing this country down, you gotta support the people that support me, this show, and you, and the point of view that you respect. GoodRanchers.com slash fearless. Go get your free burgers. Go get you some good stuff. Be a good, fearless soldier and support Good Ranchers. Royce White, next. All right, let's uh, roll out to Minneapolis and bring in uh, Royce White, the most fearless of fearless soldiers. 
uh, he's jumped all the way into the political arena. That's how fearless he is. Uh, and, and Royce, I, I, I may start uh, calling you a, a new nickname, Nick Rodamus. Uh, <laughs> you're the Nostradamus of, of, of this show in particular, but perhaps anywhere on, on social media. You're probably not surprised and you've been talk, we, we've been heading this direction and the, the issues that we've been talking about the past couple of days, you could see from miles away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> this, this is, uh, it's quite shocking, you know, how stupid they believe we are. When I say they, I mean this administration and, and the people around Joe Biden and so on and so forth. You know, Joe Biden, <laughs> when he says that the MAGA movement is the most extreme political movement in recent American history, as a person who's a part of that movement, I wear it as a badge of honor. We we are the most extreme response to the Democrats' 160-year war on the sanctity of life or to remove the sanctity of life in this nation. And, and I'm not sure how people don't know this. I think it's because too many white liberal women are, are teaching critical race theory in, in our schools. But Democrats were the party of enslavers. They fought to, to retain the right to own slaves. Republicans, the Republican Party, Abraham Lincoln, uh, was a party founded on on the idea explicitly that that slavery was wrong, that they didn't want the spread of slavery. They wanted it stopped. And it was a Christian idea. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how we got here, but but it has it has to do with two things. The mainstream media is, is simply peddling lies and, and, a, and a skewed narrative. And, and our public education is 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 right there with it, integrated. It's a vertical integration from the mainstream media all the way down to grassroots education. I want to play the clip of Joe Biden speaking earlier today. Uh, it, it's it's an insane clip, and and he has said a lot of things that I have found odd, strange. Uh, if you don't black for if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. But uh, I know this to me may may top them all. Uh, let's play the clip. What happens if you have a state ch changes the law saying that 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 children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. The MAGA crowd is the most extreme political, in the, in the history of America. This man is a Democrat. The Democratic Party used the KKK after the Emancipation Proclamation. The Democrat Party founded and used the KKK to impose its will on black and white people who supported Republican policy. The, the KKK burning lynchings and the MAGA crowd, who as far as I know, the only dead body on their resume is Ashley Babbitt, who got shot by a Capitol Police officer unarmed that's the only body on the MAGA crowd. They didn't kill her. 
the KKK's got thousands of bodies on them, terrorize, terrorized my grandmama and her father and family and ran them up out of Kentucky at the threat of lynching. This is personal to me. And so, but the MAGA crowd, Trump supporters, are the most extreme thing in the history of America. And, 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 and using this abortion thing to somehow, again, jump to, oh, now gay people and, and, and their kids are gonna be separated in schools because of Samuel Alito's rough draft of a verdict ending abortion. It's bizarre. I, 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 help me under, make it make sense. Well, let's, let's go back to the history again. And, and I don't think I can emphasize this enough, especially to any black people who watch the show, that Democrats were the party of enslavers. They wanted to retain the right for people to own slaves. And there's a link between the slave issue and the abortion issue. They're arguing for the same thing. They want to arbitrarily be able to categorize a person at that time or a, a fetus in today's world as subhuman. And it's their justification for genocide. And 60 million babies is a genocide. 30 million of those is a ethnic cleansing. And, and these things are as, as, as simple and as clear cut as they get. But, but what it shows you is that our elected officials, our cultural elites, our cultural political elites have no respect for the, the, the knowledge uh, or the intellectual uh, you know, foundation of, of the citizens and the people who vote. They, they, they walk right out to the podium every day, tell lies, and, and they, they demand that you continue to support them. That's the funny thing about it. They don't just expect that you'll continue to support them. They demand it or else you're the racist. Myself, you, other black people who know the history who don't agree with it. Royce, I, I've been arguing today that Joyce Reed, Joy Reid, uh, Barack Obama, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, all of these people have sold us out to the Democratic Party. Uh, they have emasculated the black man and made him satisfied and a believer in the matriarchy made him believe that being black means being the cheerleader and the front men for the LGBTQ movement and made him believe that killing his own seed inside the womb is one of the most sacred rights we must protect. I, I, I just, as, how do we wake up the black man to, that we have to stand up regardless of the consequences? Black women may leave us in droves because we stand up against this democratic pimp. But I think we have to take that risk because once she sees us stand up, she'll come back. She may be momentarily disappointed because she likes being out front and being the lead and, and, and kind of is in love with the matriarchy, but eventually she's going to figure out she's not going to survive without us. Well, first and foremost, if you put your woman before God, you've already you've already committed a heresy. OK, 
woman or child. Neither one should come before God. And, and when we say God, we really mean truth. So if your woman or your relationship with your woman comes before your ability to bear witness and tell the truth, you're already in league with Satan. And, and that needs to be understood and that needs to be acted upon. Um, black women are looking for leadership. We were broken during slavery. Uh, our, our leadership in the family, the nuclear family, the family structure was broken during slavery. The woman was intentionally, intentionally placed at the head of the black family. And I explained that before with the Willie Lynch address, that if you break the black woman's image of the black male, uh, she will stand guard for the slave owner and you won't have to worry about revolt. And in effect, she'll actually raise her offspring in, in opposite roles, her sons to be women and, and her daughters to be men. And, and she will always carry the trauma and the fear of seeing her black men, uh, you know, ripped apart at the hands of slavers. Again, slavery was fought to be maintained by the Democrats. And I brought I brought up a, a piece for you today from Frederick Douglass, who is often referenced and iconicized by, by the left. He said the existence of slavery in this country brands your humanity as a base pretense and your Christianity as a lie. This is the exact same motif that they're using to justify abortion. And what I want to caution people to understand is while Joe Biden is saying that we don't know what other rights are going to be infringed upon if we allow this to be overturned, he's really defending their plans to use abortion as a predicate for transhumanism. And this is a common tactic on the left. They accuse the people who they're against of doing exactly what they do. Bill Gates said openly on his foundation website, population at the global scale is not a problem. It'll peak out. The problem is that the, the, the countries with the most rapid population growth can't sustain it, can't sustain jobs, can't sustain food, can't protect the climate. And all of those countries were Arab and African countries. That's their genocide abortion plan playing out at the geopolitical level. Abortion here in America is just a predicate for it because we lead the West. We lead the globalist agenda. What you described is eugenics, selective reproduction, which cannot be accomplished without selective destruction. And we have been put in the crosshairs for that destruction. It's obvious. And, and I, I, I don't think I'm going too far when I say people like Joy Reid are co-conspirators. Uh, I, I want to read this tweet she put out a couple of days ago in reaction to this um, Judge Alito's rough draft uh, overthrowing of the abortion deal. Mr. Alito, you know what else the Constitution doesn't reference? racial equality, the right of black people or women to vote, desegregation, LGBTQ rights, including to marry, and interracial marriage. Yet all those things were affirmed by previous Supreme Court justice, uh, Supreme Court decisions, oh right. Th this takes me, and this is why I call you Negro Damas, is yesterday or last week, I can't remember, talk to you too much, I think now that it all flows together. Y you argue that the black narrative, our journey is being used to destroy and deconstruct America. And that's what this, this, this is what Joy Reid's tweet is all about. She's using blackness to say all these satanic things we must embrace, 
we must embrace abortion. You must, uh, regardless of your religious beliefs, embrace the LGBTQ lifestyle, the whole deal. It's the, this is, we're, they're using race and us as like the Tonto to Satan's Lone Ranger. And it's, it's so obvious. It, I mean, I, I've said this since day one, I, was, I, I joined Fearless. We are the linchpin for the cultural identity politics three card Monty. And, and let's just be clear, okay? Joy Reid is a clown. She's the quintessential black bourgeoisie sellout. She wants to be a liberal white woman. And to be honest, I don't trust no black women who wear white women's wigs. That's just my personal opinion. If you're a black woman and you wear a white woman's wig, you should not be trusted. How would I, how would I look if I came out with a wig of Stephen Colbert's hair on? How serious would people take me? Okay, this woman wears a white woman's wig 70% of her time on air. She wants to be a white woman, but she talks about black people are being pro-black. I'm not buying it, and I'm not buying it from any of these people. And, and they're all taking their marching. They're all, this all stems back to the sine qua non of black bourgeoisie sellouts, Barack Obama. Barack Obama was used as a, as, as a, as a way to say America has reached a landmark around human rights. That, that a black man being elected president was a landmark for human rights based on that, his, on that racial history. But the plan the entire time was to deconstruct America. That is when the anti-American movement really kicked into gear and they used black people to do it. And like I said yesterday, any precept of human rights and civil rights must begin with the sanctity of life. The reason why we say murder is, is a problem. The reason why we say rape is an issue is because it, it, it stalls or stunts or completely stops a person's ability to have a future without the consequence of violence projected on it from a third party. How can we even make the claim that a fetus is not a child? I don't even understand, I don't even understand the premise. The more I look at it, I'm, I'm really confused at how we've gotten to a place where scientifically, and we, and we live under a thumb of scientism. How can we make the claim that a fetus is not a child? I, I don't understand it. And for Joy Reid to do it, it shows that the nexus of white liberal women and black women and all of the black bourgeoisie men who are sellouts have stood in the background and given over uh, their faith in God and their sacred honor to the here and now, the radical material and Satan. Royce, uh, awesome job. Uh, I'll give you a final thought if there's something I haven't asked you. If not, I'm gonna let you go and just thank you for the time. Again, I have to reiterate, this entire history has gotten way off course somewhere in here, maybe around the 1960s when the Democrats opted for uh, 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 desegregation and civil rights as a pretext for the welfare state which is one of the most detrimental policies on black people in this nation's history. But it was also a predicate for the suffrage movement and what would become Roe v. Wade and, and a woman's right to choose and abort. Okay, but before that, the real historical basis, the 300 year historical basis that they reference is their own history of racism. Understand that when Democrats talk about racism, 
They are the party that fought to maintain the right to keep slaves. That is a historical fact. Republicans wanted to repeal slavery. Same thing played out in the 1960s. Republicans on board with the civil rights movement. Democrats fought them all the way. But they had this incredible, and thank you, Royce, they had this incredible transformation. They went through trans, transracial gender surgery and they, they blew off the KKK and just, they all got baptized and were made again. All their racism disappeared and it all jumped over to Republicans. And that's why Republicans are out fighting to stop abortion because they, don't, they want black babies to be born so that they can arrest them and incarcerate them. I guess that's the motivation for Republicans. They want black babies born so that they can then send them out into the world, pull them over for driving on illegal plates and tags and shoot them in the streets. Democrats want to kill them in the womb so they never get a driver's license, and therefore they'll never meet the racism of, of white Republicans. They're trying to save black babies from the racism of white Republicans. Got it all figured out. That's why I'm glad I had Royce and Dave on. I came to a new understanding about this whole thing. Thank you, Democrats. Let's kill our babies so that they're never pulled over. They're never profiled by police. Let's kill them in the womb. Let's profile them in the womb. Uh, get your Fearless Army swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Uh, Pastor Bobby, Pastor Anthony, Tennessee, Harmony. Thanks. Time for a little Tennessee harmony. Uh, Pastor Bobby, Pastor Anthony are with us from Renew.org as they are uh, most every Wednesday. Uh, Tennessee, I'm so fired up. I, I, I'm hoping that I can stay in a harmony mood uh, because I, I'm so fired up. So if you guys uh, could start us off with a prayer and then we'll get into this discussion. I'll start. God, uh, we just open up this time to you pray that you'd especially help the people watching the show because uh, there's a lot of confusion out there on this issue and uh, we just pray that the way of Jesus would prevail in our conversation father God as always we're thankful for the opportunity to be able to discuss your will your way uh, and your plans for your people father bless us and all that we say and do ple be pleasing and acceptable in your sight in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Uh, so I'm fired up because uh, Congressman and Reverend Raphael Warnock, uh, who preaches at Ebenezer Baptist Church, probably the most famous black church in the history of America. I, I don't think I'm overstating that. This is the church that Dr. King and his, Dr. King's father presided over, uh, he jumped into the abortion debate over Twitter and said, as a pro-choice pastor, I've always believed that a patient's room is way too small for a woman, her doctor, 
and the United States government. I'll always fight to protect a woman's right to choose, and that will never change. And so his Twitter headline says, Reverend Raphael Warnock, and the first five words of this says, as a pro-choice pastor. I, I, it's hard for me to understand how pro-choice pastor, as it relates to abortion, if he was a pro-choice fast food eater, I could get that, but a pro-choice pastor, what options are there for pastors, ministers of Christianity? What, what are the choices as it relates to abortion? I wasn't aware there was a choice there, but you guys help me out here. Well, I'll jump in first. Anthony and I talked about this on the way here, so there's some things we want to share. I just want to say that uh, you can find anybody who claims to be a pastor who believes anything, uh, including that you should worship Satan as a Christian. I mean, it's crazy. And uh, I will just tell you that um, uh, Pastor Warnock is advocating that which is totally contrary to what the Bible teaches. It's totally contrary to what the majority of Christian leaders have taught throughout history. It's contrary to the official uh, position of the Roman Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the vast majority of evangelical Protestants. The only people who advocate what Pastor Warnock uh, advocates for are people who are compromising scripture all over the place and have sold the teachings of Jesus for a political uh, idol to get them where they want to go. This is this is very disturbing. Uh, we do have a choice uh, as human beings, and our choice is to choose to live godly lives. That's the choice. Outside of that, we're stepping out of God's bounds. So, you know, when God get, gave a choice, for example, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, he sets forth the claim, I set before you life and death. And he relates that to his way. My way is life. Any other way is death. And so he says, but I say, choose life. So even on that very basic premise alone, I don't know how uh, one could come out to say I'm a pro-choice pastor, unless if we give him the grace and benefit of the doubt, he's saying, I choose to do God's will. But obviously, he's choosing something else. You know, something that's particularly offensive, too, is he says, you know, it comes down to a woman and her doctor uh, in, the, in, the, in the room. It's too big for the U.S. government. Well, it's not too big for God to be present. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that, I mean, it's, it's it, this should make us angry and upset because People like him who sell out the teachings of Jesus, uh, I think, are per particularly reprehensible. And I wouldn't want to stand before Jesus having compromised like that. Literally, that, that is one of the things that I'm like, there's going to be a special place in hell for this guy. And I, and I know I'm not capable of that judgment. Maybe he'll be the first in heaven. Who, who, who knows? Uh, but, but we do know what the Bible says. And he's directly contradicting what the Bible says. I agree. And, and what mostly, but I don't mind his opinion. I mind that he's intentionally putting God into his, he's sending a signal to other Christians yeah. that 
hey, we have an option here. And you know what? When you get into that patient's room, it's you and your doctor and God's not in there. Yeah. And your beliefs aren't in there. Yeah. And, and the things that are taught in the scripture and in the gospel, they're not in there. That's just you. That's a special place. The patient's room, when you're pregnant, that's just you and a doctor. Do what, do what thou wilt. The, you know, the Bible says Satan can appear as an angel of light. And Satan is appearing as an angel of light in what Raphael Warnock's trying to do. He's intentionally, though, that's intentional. I don't think because he could have said as a pro-choice congressman. Mm -hmm. I've always believed he could have said that. And so he knows what he's doing. He's trying to tell Christians like, stay on board here, guys. I know this violates all your Christian values, but still trust me, I'm, I'm the head of a very powerful church in, in Atlanta. It's Dr. King's church. Because, I mean, he's carrying a lot of, he's standing on the shoulders of Dr. King, Dr. King's dad. And when he says this, he knows all this weight he's bringing. He's standing on higher shoulders than that, though. Well, obviously, he's standing on the high shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> he's standing on the apostles' doctrine. He's standing on the teachings of God's word. And, and I, you know, I, I, I try not to judge the heart and intent of people. You know, we, we discuss on here ideas and narratives and, and, and things of that nature. So, but the thing that I do understand as a minister myself, sometimes we're placed with a situation that um, might be sensitive. Uh, you know, you, you've got in this abortion discussion, you've got those who uh, have been uh, molested. Those have been raped and, and they, they are, you know, dealing with the trauma of that. And then they find out they're pregnant and you say, man, that's tough. And, and so Ralph, as a man, you know, in his opinion, may be, man, I can I can see this. But as a herald of God's word, I have to stand with God on this, yeah. no matter how sensitive, no matter how difficult that light may be. I still have to stand on God's word. And that's that's where we have to take that stand. You you made the point. It may be his opinion. It may be his, you know, desire. Who knows? But when I represent God in, in terms of sharing his word, when I represent what God says, I have to stand with God, even if I'm literally just quoting the scripture. Well, this is what the scripture says and, and, and leave it at that. And OK, don't don't go leave it at. This is what God's word says. And we're done. But when you say there are people that are going to come to him for that trust. They may be lost. They may not be well versed in the scriptures and they believe that he is. So when they come to him, they say, hey, uh, pastor, uh, I, I, I got this decision. And then he responds with as a pro choice pastor. Yeah. Stuff. I, I would uh, need some uh counseling myself in terms of like, if I look back at today's show and the emotion that I feel and, and trick, this Warnock thing is really at the heart of it because I, I think politics is leading us away from God. Mm -hmm. And so part of the thing I was saying, tiny bit tongue in cheek, but I really mean it. If, if Raphael Warnock 
came in here right now, I honestly think I would strike him. And I say that without trying to be an idiot or brag or anything like that. But I, I think of like, what would Peter do? Is, I, would, I might cut this dude's ear off. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I would strike. I'm that offended. And I'm that offended about where we've gone as a culture and a society. We're, we're justifying anything in the name of God. Yeah. Right. And so I, I don't help. No, me. no I, I what, what what's happening inside of you is a good thing. It's called righteous indignation. Don't forget that Jesus even got upset in the temple courts. That's when he turned over the tables of the money changers and pulled out a whip. So. Uh, I think that, you know, those feelings are, are good and right feelings. Now, in the midst of our passion, we want to emphasize, and Anthony was referring to this, we just want to emphasize because there's going to be young women and older women watching this, and our desire is not to condemn what people have done because we do believe in mercy and grace and forgiveness, uh, including, you know, the sin of, of aborting an unborn human being. Um, so we want, we want to say on the one hand, uh, that it's about grace and mercy. But let's talk now about the truth. Because what he is doing is very disturbing. And to be candid with you, I'm also very disturbed at Joe Biden, who on TV yesterday was trying to make the issue fuzzy, saying that all these Christians disagree on it. No, Joe Biden, your own church says it's a grievous mortal sin that's a crime against God. And if you don't repent of it, uh, there is, you, you know, there's no forgiveness apart from repentance. And catch this, it's official Catholic doctrine. If you help somebody to get an abortion, that you've committed the same sin. And one thing Joe Biden is definitely doing is helping people to get abortions. And why there's not more outrage around that, I don't understand. Now, let me just add this. You know, the Bible teaches that uh, we're to, as teachers, we're to uh, watch our life and doctrine closely. Uh, in First Timothy, it just says, watch your life and doctrine closely, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save yourself and those who hear you. So Raphael Warnock, you have a responsibility. The book of James takes it one step deeper. The book of James, he says, not many should be teachers, because as such, we will suffer a more strict judgment. Those are the words of Jesus. They're not our words. And uh, I love the way that Tony Dungy, what a, what a I did. Guy. I wanted to ask y'all about Dungy's deal. Mm -hmm. uh, he responded over Twitter to Warnock. It all comes down to what you believe about the organism growing inside of the mother. Yes. Is it a life or not? If it is just growing tissue, then your choice makes sense. If it's a life, then it's obviously not okay to choose to end it. What does your Bible tell you it is? Psalms 13, not 16. Yeah, let me read it to you. Oh, yeah. So he's quoting from uh, Psalm 139. Yep. We're under inspiration. King David, pray, he's praising God. Mm -hmm. And he says about God, he said, you created my inmost being. This was in verse 13. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you. Talking about his body. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. In other words, in his mother's womb. Mm -hmm. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. I mean, how, how much clearer can you get than that? That we're talking about a human life here. Uh, Anthony and I wrote an article after we found out we'll be talking about it this week on Renew.org. And uh, we just go through the five reasons uh, that we would hope that people like Raphael Warnock and the president of the United States would like shake their heads and realize you're just you you're misrepresenting God. And this is a serious sin. Notice how David, uh, he says that your eyes saw my unformed body. Um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That terminology is so grand, so magnificent, so powerful that our minds can't comprehend it. David is at a loss for words. He's just throwing out superlatives to man. How you made me, God, is so amazing. Scientists, though, are now trying to find rather than to accept God's goodness and God's grace, his mercy, his magnificent and fearful and wonderful power. Rather than to accept that, they're trying to find the point of, okay, when did it happen? When was life? No, no, no. That's God's domain. That's that's God. Hands off. But when you are trying to justify sin, We'll get down to the nitty gritty of what words mean. And you see what's going on in the bigger picture of how there's an attack on definition of words because it's, well, is it a zygote? Is it an embryo? Is it a is it just a clump of all of these this word jargon so that we miss the wait a minute. God is working and how he does his work It is magnificent to us and we need to appreciate and reverence it. Now, you know, we we stand on the side of of fighting for life. When you choose God's way, watch what happens when you choose God's way. Uh, Sex is to be participated in within the confounds of marriage between a man and a woman. So outside of that, just notice you, you're, you're not going to have any of these, you know, kind of sex, you know, babies popping up because first off, this is the only place that God wants sex to happen in the first place. But as we go further, it's in the bounds of marriage. So at minimum, you've got a man and woman that love God and love one another and have consented to having this child. And what does a child deserve at minimum? They deserve a mom and dad that love them. They deserve a mom and dad that love God and a mom and dad that love each other. Now that's the envelope in which God wants to bring his children into the world in that package. But when we step outside of that and we say, hey, we'll sleep with who we want to sleep with and we get pregnant and he's not you know, he's 16, 17. She's 16, 17. He's not re- he's not even developed as a man himself. She's not prepared for the weight of motherhood. 
Boom, you've got this. Or you have those that, again, the rapists, the, the criminally minded going out just to fulfill their lust and desire. You have all of this happening. But when we choose God's way, we usually end up at God's result, what he wants to take place. And so is this verse, and I know when we first saw it and Bob was like, that's the one that most people, is that the best or are there other additional verses that yeah. refute abortion? There are, there are other, uh, Jeremiah 1 and 5 is another one um, where God is talking about Jeremiah. He says, I knew you in your mother's womb before I formed you. And he also says in the same verse, I ordained your life. So prior to the formation of Jeremiah, God says, I already knew you. And I set your life apart for these great works. And so that's where I, I dive in this verse, Jeremiah. Um, I think he says something similar to Isaiah. But that's where I look at God, what he's working in there. This life that he's already seen, this life that he's already ordained. I've got plans. This is outside of my I've got plans on this. And we need to let God do his work. We uh, I want to refer back to the article because we won't have time to cover all the verses. Uh, but I just I'm going to mention some to you because I, I think it's really important that we're saying, hey, God communicated to us through Scripture. This is the words of Jesus in Scripture. And so, you know, the Bible teaches that murder uh, like it's one of the Ten Commandments. And the only conclusion that you can draw to is that you're murdering another human being. It's a preborn human being. Listen to some of the descriptions in the Bible about uh, babies in their mother's womb. We know that uh, John the Baptist was in his mother's womb and Mary, pregnant with Jesus, comes. And John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, hears Mary's words in her ears. She's like six months pregnant and says, John the Baptist leaps in his mother's womb on hearing those words. Uh, the namesake of uh, the 12 tribes, Jacob and Esau. Jacob becomes Israel. The Bible says that Jacob and Esau were twins in their mother's womb, and they were jostling with one another. You've got uh, the passage from King David saying that, I was fearfully and wonderfully made in my mother's womb. And then you've got Isaiah and Paul both saying that they were called, God called us to this special ministry from our mother's wombs. So when you put these together, Jason, uh, and just look at the pictures now that, that uh, scientists have created of babies from, you know, conception, up and through, they're ready to be born. And then you couple that with these passages. It's really a clear case in the Bible. And from the beginning, again, this is where Joe Biden, I just think it's demonic, trying to make it look like it's a fuzzy case. No, the mainstream Christian position from the very beginning, from as early as the second century, right after the New Testament is written, it's really clear to be a Christian was to protect um, babies that were born to be killed. And it was to protect uh, even the unborn children in their mother's womb because abortion has been practiced in, in various forms from the beginning of time. And Christians were known as those who defended the unborn, 
who defended babies that were discarded. Mm. And it, part of the thing of being a Christian is actually to be identified with the poor, the marginalized, and the oppressed. Mm -hmm. And uh, how could we, how could we f not defend unborn human beings, given what the Bible teaches us, and in light of the mass uh, devastation of 63 million babies mm. put to death by abortion since 1973? Bobby, I'm gonna put you on the spot since you're the only white guy on set. Uh, what, what do I you, am? <laughs> what do you say? Cause the thing I, I can't make sense of is like, I would call you a white conservative Christian evangelical and allegedly you're very concerned about demographic changes in America. And, and so it doesn't make sense knowing that of the 60 million babies that have been murdered, aborted over the last 50 years in America, half of them are, are black babies. You're, you're good with black babies being born in America? I'm, I'm not, oh, I'm very good with black babies. <laughs> I love black babies. I have some people very dear to me right now who would love to adopt uh, some black babies. And uh, I just want to say, too, don't, don't assume about me and, and uh, immigration. I think that's a topic for another day, so don't assume. Uh, with me about that, but I do want to say this. It just breaks my heart. I mean, uh, 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 black women represent 14% of women, yet they, they have 36% of abortions. And, and Planned Parenthood sets up these clinics in black neighborhoods. How that is not something that's just a table pounding, uh, angry, we've got to have righteous indignation about, that. I don't get that. And uh, I just think it's so sad. And I think it's, you know, we, we got to care about that. I love kids, Jason. Love them. Um, all kids, uh, I love them. We just at our church had a uh, celebration of two uh, parents that had adopted. And uh, it was a long process for both of them and, and the court system and all of this, it took time, one parent, uh, one set of parents, it took three and a half years for this whole process to take place. Um, but to know, you know, those kids, one of the kids, for example, um, she wanted to change her name because her sibling had a name of this letter and she wanted to match the rest of the family because she felt God even uses that analogy about his relationship to us. We are adopted sons of God. And, and being in the court uh, one of those days, uh, hearing them read about now you are an heir uh, with the rest of the family. It's such a beautiful thing. And so, you know, again, I come from a place of compassion and, I, and for, for a person to even be in that place to think about that, you gotta be in some kind of state of yeah. mind. Um, but I'm praying and hoping that we all can come to God's word and God's way. Um, as we wrote in the article, there is no such thing as an unwanted child. Yeah. There are so many people uh, that want kids and want to adopt. So let's encourage people to go in that direction. But no way in the world should we not be you know, fighting for life. We should always be fighting for we, life. We have some people in, in my church who are really wanting to adopt, Jason. Yep. And uh, one of the things, and we point this out in the article, is that uh, there's up to 36 families waiting to adopt for every one child today. Mm. 
There is so many people who want to adopt babies. And do you know that if you uh, are a young woman or somebody in a really bad way and you get pregnant and you're thinking there's no hope for me, I, I can't afford it medically, I can't afford that uh, I have found organizations that it doesn't matter who you are. If you get pregnant and you want to give the baby up for adoption, they will financially support you, take care of all medical bills so that all those kinds of concerns, even afterward, will provide for you. So there's no excuse not to bring the baby to term and to give that baby to a family that's just hungering and waiting for it. Well, we're here at The Blazer involved with Preborn, an organization that does yeah. just that kind of work. Uh, guys, I'm out of time. They're playing tomorrow in my ear, and that means we'll see you tomorrow. But thank you guys so much. This was an important conversation. Uh, we'll be off next week, so I, I won't see you guys for two weeks. But uh, it's good to see you. Bob, looks like you've lost uh, six, seven pounds. Not <laughs> I haven't lost as much as you. <laughs> it looks like you've lost six or seven pounds. I can see it. I've lost. I can see it in your face. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>